Hey folks, welcome to episode 309 of the MLF Bass Fishing Podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White, joined, as always, from beautiful Norwalk, Iowa, by the one and only Kyle Wood. Yeah, man. Despite, uh, we, we persevered and we're doing a late in the week podcast, which we don't do a whole lot. Honestly, we should both be fishing right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we I I had a pretty busy week of like actual well not of actual work but of stuff to do and then of fishing to do and uh here we are it was like a good mix of fishing and just getting stuff done it's kind of what you had going on yeah uh and i really don't know what you were doing i mean i know you went duck hunting today but other than that i mean maybe you were just chilling (laughs) uh little bit of babysitting kit our because of uh covid our daycare uh, doesn't have a lot of employees working at it or lost a lot of employees. So they close early. So we got to pick our kid up at like two every day. And my wife is super busy in the afternoon. So then I kind of just go into like dad mode. Uh, I mean, that's kind of part of the, part of the deal. I think you signed up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's great, but it's also like, man, why am I paying to take you to daycare? If you're, it's like a half day thing. Like at that point, I probably just like watch myself, but Next week, they're going back. They got people hired. They're back in. Kid's going to go away. I can I can do stuff. But you're right. I did duck hunt uh, this morning, and it was glorious. Also, I spent the week getting ghosted by Cody Meyer. Uh, so if you've heard from Cody Meyer, tell him what's up. But also, what's up? <laughs> I, that is, you know, <laughs> I mean, no offense to Cody. We love him. That is, in my experience, classic Cody Meyer behavior. It, it really is. You can have it really is. full, complete text conversations with the guy. You can have a 30-minute phone call with the guy. And then you can spend two weeks like trying to get a hold of him, and you'll get like half of a text back where he's like, yes, and then says nothing else or something like that. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I think that uh. – and I, I think that he knows that. He know, He probably – he. I don't know if it's what he's shooting for, but I think he knows that he could be a more reliable communicator. But we yeah, just, we love I, him. I think he's okay with it. Yeah, we do love him, but uh, and he catches a heck yeah. out of fish. Maybe, maybe next week. Maybe next week's my week. Here is what is going to happen next week, uh, or else. And I have no nothing to back that up. We're going to have U.S. Open champ, two-time U.S. Open champ, Roy Hawk on the show, which should be fun. Oh yes, um, yes. But yeah, this week, Kyle, it's just you and I, and it is. We're I guess gonna kind of talk about some fishing and whatnot. Sound good? I think that sounds fantastic. All right. Well, before we do that, I'm going to sell some stuff. Sound? How's that sound? Please sell some stuff, Jody. Okay. Well, Kyle, let me tell you, few lures have stood the test of time like the original rattle trap by Bill Lewis. Now, with the help of Major League Fishing Pro Mark Daniels Jr., we're launching the SB57 and MR6. Go to rattletrap.com to learn more. Uh, speaking of baits, I have a Mega Bass Plus 2 in my cart on Tackle Warehouse right now. Ooh. Uh, haven't pulled the trigger yet. <laughs> Mostly because I need to decide what size hooks I need to get. Ah. Um, not because I'm like, oh, not going to buy this. I'm committed now. <laughs> uh, next up, are you in need of a great career opportunity that gives you time to fish and time to spend with a family? 
Neat Companies is looking for you. Neat needs Class A CDL drivers now. Competitive pay, 100% paid health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and more are just some of the benefits. Call Neat now to get your... Call Neat now at 833-463-NEAT to get your career started. 833-463-NEAT. I was doing so A little good. rough, but you made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I got like... 80% of that just great, and then when it, the actual call to action came, I just blew it. Just dropped the ball. But that's okay. Uh, I've been there. And We've all been there. You know, at the end of the show, you're going to get a chance to redeem me. I Yep, I'm going to try to either like bury us deeper in this hole, dig us deeper, or uh, crawl out of it. One of the two. I like it. Well, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and do right off the bat is talk about the BFL regionals because uh, basically we've got two going on every weekend for you know the next chunk of time here because uh, it's yep. the fall and it's regional season um, and I guess first up is the one from Norfolk Kyle do you want to give us like a super brief wrap of what that one was and then we'll turn it over to our winner yeah yeah uh... It was uh, Brad Kell won it. He's from Benton, Kentucky, right there where the uh, Kentucky office is, you know, brother. Uh, I bet he knows, like, at least – I didn't ask him, but I bet he knows a large portion of people that work at the office. Wouldn't you guess? It's, it's not a big town. I mean – No, it isn't. You're, like he's, and, like, you know, it gets smaller when you fish. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but over three days of fishing, Brad weighed 34 pounds, 15 ounces, uh, to take home the win. Uh, in these regionals, uh, you win a boat uh, for the boater side. You win a Phoenix, um, and it's a you nice Phoenix cash. too. It's like a it's a Phoenix 819, which is like pretty legit. I mean, it's I guess yeah. Is it eight? It's either 18 or 19 feet, something like that. Like I have no idea how their lengths work. Uh, to be honest, yeah, <laughs> it's got a 200. I so uh, Cade Loffenberg had his that he won last fall. Oh, that's right. And so I got to ride around and won a lot at the Mississippi River for the title this summer. And uh, pretty dope boat. I liked it. No yeah. complaints. Yeah, it's a pretty. I would pretty nice gig. I I think that that size boat is like actually super legit. Oh yeah, yeah anyway. yeah yeah definitely. Uh, but he also won, he got an extra 11 grand, the extra, it's 10 grand plus the boat is what you get for the regional. Brad was, uh, had the Mercury bonus bucks. So he got an extra thousand bucks for that. So if you're like, whoa, he won 61,000, that's where that one came from. But, uh, Brad had been to the area before and he basically fished it kind of like he would back home on Kentucky Lake. That's, uh, kind of, oh, actually a few guys in the top 10, uh, from what I understand, fished offshore and caught, you know, we're working like schools of fish. Uh, but Brad did it the best, and, uh, yeah, he was pretty happy that the shallow guys didn't catch him, which is how he usually catches them when he's been there in the fall. Uh, but this time around, it was an offshore deal. But enough about me uh, trying to explain it to you. We'll just throw it to Brad, the man himself, uh, to tell us about how he won. Maybe the first thing I want to know is uh, just tell me about, like, it is – Norfolk, a lake you've fished a lot, or, or do you have a lot of history with it or experience on it? 
Uh, I have been down there. I was capping it up a total of 12 days in my life. I've been to the area a lot. Okay. Oh, just one second. I know wind's pretty bad. I'm lost on up. Um, I've been to the area quite a few times since I was a kid. I've always been down there trout fishing in the Norfolk River and the White. Oh, okay. Um, I've been down there a lot doing that. I've been over there with little tournaments with bass cats. Like, I won three championships here in Kentucky Lake. At that time, we had a national team trail championship. We've got the Norfolk. Well, we went to Norfolk Bull Shows, Table Rock, Crown Lake. Thunderbird, Sequoia, Rick Pierce has put us everywhere, and it was always a half a day deal. We would fish like Norfolk half a day, then oh, drive five hours, fish okay. somewhere else. So it was real. So I never really fished. This is the first week that I actually fished for bass for an entire day. <laughs> um, I, I so, but I, I got up there on Tuesday because I went to the Florida Kentucky game. Uh, watched that, and uh. I got home Monday, drove up Tuesday morning, caught them really good on the top water, covered my hooks up. You know, before before the sun got up, I sent my wife a text, pictures of a limit of like 13 pounds. Told her it's going pretty good, so <laughs> shrink wrapped everything. Rained on Wednesday real bad. I thought, man, I'm going to kill them. I didn't. And I knew what the thing that I found the day before just wasn't going to hold up. And I just went to looking for brush piles and I do stuff a little bit different but I don't look for stuff and I found in four hours I found two of the biggest schools of bass I've ever found in my life. Wow. And I found some like Kentucky Lake that's had four or five hundred. I was just gonna days. say that's insane for probably what you've seen on Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, there was uh, the only reason I haven't fished FOW or BFL is because I didn't want to show him anything. There was a stretch where I won two boats and trotting tournaments and uh and, and after it got bad, I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm try to make All-American. But, yeah, it was as good as the days, like 2014 to 17, when me and my buddy Damon Brown, we drove from the dam all the way to Danville and fished 100 schools. I had 100 bass in it. These yeah, schools, wow. they had four or 500 fish in it, and they were just smaller than the normal Kentucky Lake bass, you know, back in the day. But it was <laughs> fun. It was a lot of fun, and mainly there was there was a lot of brush piles involved, but um, it was just fishing a good old drop off with a Strike King six XD and ten XD in the deeper stuff. And those those uh, couple schools, you really um, was that kind of the primary thing each day of that regional? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That first day I pulled in there, I was boat ninety nine on Nervous Strike, thinking, well. If someone else has found them, but I didn't think really nobody had were do, was doing what I was doing. But sure enough, I I pull in there and the guy who finished fourth or fifth, Brian Bond, I believe, he pulls in and poor guy witnessed me. I knew he had found them because he was watching me too long, and I didn't. I said I normally wouldn't do this, but I caught probably a hundred in front of him because I knew <laughs> that he was wanting to get up there. I thought, well, I'd rather catch them rather than him catch them. Yeah. Because um, they weren't really hurting me. Most of them were just keepers. And I had another school in my back pocket. And that's how that first day went down. He left at 1030. He watched me for three hours. Um, he never come up there to talk to me. If he would have come up there and said hi, I would have waved him on in. But sure, I, he sure. Didn't, so I didn't. I, I didn't. 
I didn't want to watch him catch it, but, but I went and checked my fish in a different creek, and they were there, so I knew that, you know, we were flip-flopping numbers that I wasn't going to be. Uh, so I went to my second area, did the same thing. I just didn't catch them as good, kind of laid off of them. That was a two-hour fog delay. I thought, man, this is great. I got 12 pounds, and these shallow water guys just didn't catch them. And then, you know, I talked to Brian in the parking lot Saturday morning. I said, I know where you know where that one school is. You can have it. You know, we just kind of we just kind of hashed it out that morning, and um, it was much easier to do it that way than on the water. Yeah, for sure. And he told me, "Come on in anytime you want to," which I would have beat him anyway. But like, we took care of that like a couple of adults, and we shared the fish, and I didn't I didn't even have to go in that area. Okay. I want my so uh, it was it everything just worked out. Yeah, but two schools is mainly what I fished. It's really all I fished. I knew that Brian was protecting that one school because he was he was going to do what he had to do, and I had another one, and we were good to go. How uh, how deep were these fish? Uh, there was one school out to 22 feet deep, and the other one, they were sitting anywhere from 13 to 19 Okay. Okay. The twenty-two foot, the twenty-two twenty-two foot school that was there on a little tiny spot, and they were just in the seventeen foot school. They were more strolled out, like you see here at Kentucky Lake at home. They started out thirteen foot, and they went all the way up to seventeen, eighteen, pretty dropped off in the bottom of the basin. A lot of these had piles on it, and I was trying to get my bait hung up in the pile and snatch it out. And um, I was kind of stressing on the last day because I told the wrong fish twice. It's happening so fast. They all look identical. I was culling the wrong fish, and about twelve, I thought, man, I, I should have more weight than I got. And I got to looking around. I thought I had, I had one that's one point seven five. I thought, well, shit, I've culled the wrong fish twice, <laughs> which I had. And my culling, they were steadily catching them bigger than what I had. I thought, buddy, just give me like five minutes. You might want a boat. At eight thirty, I congratulated him. I was culling and within ten minutes, and he started culling around eight thirty. And you won your boat. Just give me like five minutes. I get my I get my plug hung in a brush pile, I get directly on top of it, and I'm shaking it off. And a two and a half pounder, two and three quarter pounder grabs it. I flip them in a boat, and that's when I knew that some things you just can't you can't, <laughs> you can't stop. It for, for for sure, he took it right right off the he took it right off the trolling motor. I flipped him in a boat, so that was my second biggest fish for the third day. Uh, Kyle, past that, I guess, did you have anything particular that stuck out to you about this event? Before you do that, I want to run down the rest of the guys who qualified for the All-American because the top six yes. uh, all make the 2022 All-American. Um, that is at Lake Hamilton. So this group of guys, if they did well here on this, you know, on Norfolk, maybe they do good on Hamilton. Could be in this similar ballpark-ish. Sure. Uh, Sure. There's a regional in Wachita coming up that could be an even better uh That's gauge. probably the better gauge, yeah. But anyway, uh Connor Cunningham finished second, Drew Tabor finished third, uh Brian Vaughn finished fourth, David Rice finished fifth, and Brad Jelinek finished sixth. Uh Corey Cook was seventh with twenty eight even. Uh I wanna say Corey Cook either won I think he's like the super young kid who did really good in Lake of the Ozarks. I may or may not be wrong. May or may not be right uh, about that. Corey Cook, uh, yes. And then Michael Harlan finished ninth. And I believe he won that Lake of the Ozarks uh, 
March Derby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This so. was an Ozark Division event, so you know you had your Ozark stalwarts. Yeah. Which uh, is a division that has won, I believe, three uh, All Americans. It definitely produces some champs for show. Big time. Um, but anyhow, was there anything else that was like, hey, this is uh, key about this derby, or not really? Other than maybe don't go fish Norfolk because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's mean, hard. <laughs> it, and I think you and I talked about it the other day. I, I just like I never really paid a whole lot of attention to Norfolk. Uh, like I don't really know a whole lot about it, which was funny that Brad, you know, mentioned that uh, how like he'd been down there before, but it was never to bass fish. It was always <laughs> always to go trout fishing. <laughs> but that's also you know a guy that grew up fishing Kentucky Lake when it was like good. Right. Yeah, like Until the heyday of Kentucky Lake was. Yeah, the fishing so you was take so a good, break you wouldn't from... go anywhere else. Right. Yeah, and then like when you did go somewhere else, you weren't bass fishing; you were going somewhere to catch something you can eat. Like he, uh, Brad, his walleye fished around that area before, and uh, I just th- I thought it was cool how he caught them and like his comparisons to Kentucky Lake. Like I thought that was really, really interesting, and uh, he had a really good quote. Uh, I guess I don't know if it made it in this or not, but uh, he basically says he found some schools that reminded him of Kentucky Lake, like four or 500 fish, uh, except they're just a lot smaller <laughs> on Norfolk than they are, than they are on uh, Kentucky Lake. So, uh, yeah, you know, kudos to Norfolk for having plenty of bass. Uh, just, you know, maybe not some great biggins. Hey, maybe they'll get bigger. You never know. There's always time to grow. Uh, what what's that like we used to go to all the time? Beaver. Beaver progressively, like, it got better, like, almost every time we went there. Uh, you know, the way you said that, I thought in my head that you were talking about, like, some lake in Minnesota or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think you were talking about, like, actually Beaver Lake. Um, for some FLW reason. Tour, Beaver Lake. <laughs> yeah, the home of FLW, essentially. <laughs> um, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, Dude, I was coming knows? around to Beaver by the end of it. I was like, hey, this is okay. I am going to be honest. I'm kind of a fan of Beaver Lake. I would like us to go back. Uh, I realize Dude. that's probably an extreme minority scenario. But but it's been a while. Have, Let's see what it's up to. Dude, I've got fond memories of that place. And you know what? Pre-spawn, not half bad. I don't think I want any post-spawn kind of derbies there or anything no, like that. No. But, you know, I, I'm okay with the, I'm okay with Beaver Lake. Yeah. And yeah, hey, I can get down with that. Might as well let them throw the umbrella rig for old times, right? Let them sling it. Come on. See if Dave LeFebre wants to get in. His teeth <laughs> kicked in by the umbrella rig. Be great. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, all righty. So the next uh, regional we've got on the docket here was at Wheeler Lake. Um, Tyler Smith, who is 20 years old, um, won it. He had mostly smallmouth, which was pretty dope. Uh, to be honest. Super dope. Yeah. Um, and uh, just like we did for the first one, uh, Kyle and I, when we interviewed these folks for the stories, uh, we recorded it. And we're going to let uh, Tyler talk about how he caught his fish right now. It's, it's, I got a love-hate relationship with Wheeler now because I was up there for a college tournament last year. And I actually had a really good practice and I zeroed in the tournament. Something changed last year, and then I went from last year zero to this year, you know, winning. And it's just now I love Weezer, you know. But uh, no I went up the river, 
to start out in practice. And I said, that's where I'm going to live or die. I only got two days to practice. So I'm, you know, I'm going to do as much as I can to learn as much about the river as I can. Yeah, up there, and I, I, I had a decent practice. I, I was catching eight and a half, nine pounds a day. And I was like, no, that might get me to the, the final day if I'm, you know, if his weights are as low as I think they might be. And got, you know, first day of the tournament, got up there to some of my current stuff, and the water was chocolate milk because we got all the rain the night before. And I stayed up there till about 12 o'clock, and I finally was like, look, I got to do something different. This, you know, uh, you can't expect a different result while doing the same thing. So I was like, let's just run down the lake and, you know, let's fish some, you know, obvious stuff and just try to catch a limit. We get down there. And I pulled up to a bridge and started fishing the bridge, and I saw some fish kind of start busting back behind me. And this is at 2 o'clock on Thursday. They wanted the tournament. I uh, saw some fish busting, trolled back there to them, and as I was trolling, I turned around, I looked out the depth, and I was like, that looked like fish on the ledge. Picked up my crankbait, turned around, made a cast, and that that's how I found the magical spot, as I like to call it. Uh, ended up catching four there for 10 pounds in about 45 minutes before I had to go check in. And then the next day, I started there and spent the first three hours of the tournament and ended up catching a four-pound smallmouth a four-and-a-half-pound spot, a three-pound spot, and a pound-and-a-half spot. Wow. Uh, all off that same – it was a shell bed on the ledge. And uh, they, they were just – you know, you had to time it right, but they, they were but they were there. And uh, and uh, I ended up leaving just because, you know, I had not had a bite in a while. And I went up the river to fill out my limit. Uh, I ended up catching about a two-pound largemouth because the water had cleared up a little bit. And uh, – Called two pound largemouth up there and ended up weighing in fourteen eleven on day two, and then I had a little dead fish penalty, so I think it came out like fourteen seven or something on day two, and that jumped me from thirtieth to fifth, and got me fishing the final day, and uh, I went on and I told myself the fisher on that you know that shell bed to win it. I was like, if I'm gonna win it, I need that's where I'm gonna catch them. So I started there the next day and uh. They, they weren't really there that morning. I caught one four-pound smallmouth on the jig, and that, that was it. Uh, couldn't get any more bites. So I ran up the river by current seams, and I couldn't get any bites up there. I ended up going in the back of a creek up, up the river and caught a 12-inch largemouth, <laughs> flipping in some trees. I was like, this I was like this just ain't going to cut it. It's 12 o'clock. I got two fish. I was like, the fish are on that ledge to win. So I ran all the way back down there, and it's at two as I think it's like 150, and I'd check in at three. And I said, the, the fish are here, you know, and made a cast. About 30 minutes later, I caught a two and a half pound smallmouth. I turned around, I looked at my co angler, I said, they're coming back up to feed right now. He said, Really? I said, they're, they're here. And I think at 245, I caught a five and a half pound smallmouth. And at uh, 250, I caught a six pound smallmouth on my last cast. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I got it in the boat, put it live well. I said, my co-owner said it's 251. I said, we got to go. And we ended up, you know, we got, I think we were two minutes from the ramp, but I didn't want to take the chance of something happening being late. So, you know, it, it literally came down to the last cast for me. Anyway, Tyler won. It was fantastic. Uh, he had a total of 43 pounds even. Uh, he went from, I think, fifth. That may not be correct, but somewhere in the top 10 to first with 18.8 on the final day, he caught a six-pounder, a six-pound smallmouth on his last cast. 
um, which is pretty dope, which you heard about in there. But anyway, he had a really cool little comeback. It was, I think, a really neat tournament for him as far as, like, the rest of Wheeler. You know, I kind of get the vibe that it was about what you would expect out of Wheeler, uh, which is kind of a grind. Um, Yeah. Maybe Wheeler is, like, better later in the year, uh, but... And, like, I guess we had a Toyota Series championship there back in the day, that one that Burge won, and it was, like, not terrible. Um, and that was, like, November, yeah, I think. Yeah, like that was, was pretty like First cold. week in November yeah. or something like that. But, yeah, I guess generally Wheeler Lake in the fall, not super, super fantastic. Uh, maybe Wheeler in general not super fantastic. But it is a pretty good tournament lake. And uh, in second for that one, uh, Sean... How do you say his name? Wida? 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 Sean Wida. Sorry, Sean. Wida? Uh, yeah, sorry. He had 39-6, so he actually, like, I guess it doesn't look close, but if Tyler didn't catch that literally one fish at the end, then it is extremely close. Uh, he finished second. Chris Wilkinson, who's been in the All-American before, I know for sure, finished third. Taylor Parker finished fourth. Preston Henson finished fifth, and then George Brown finished sixth. Um, and uh, all those folks are going to the All American. Adam Wagner almost made another All American. He finished eighth. Almost, yeah. Uh, also notable of the top ten, only the guy who won was the guy who didn't catch a limit all four days. Because everyone else caught a limit all four days. So it's like, yeah, you can be consistent or you could just catch two huge bags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which yeah. uh, is what Tyler decided to do. So I would say as regionals go on Wheeler, pretty cool one because smallmouth. Oh, yeah. And the the pictures uh, he sent you for the, for the article uh, were super cool too, especially the one where he's holding up the two bigs. I assume that's the final day. The thing looks giant. Yeah. Uh, Notable on that, some of the photos were uh, by Kenneth Grover, who I guess was down there taking some photos. I thought, like, his mom or somebody took them, and he sent them to me. So I got the photo credit wrong initially. But shout out to Kenneth for taking some good photos. Thanks, Kenneth. But anyway, that is the deal there. We have also two other regionals currently going on. Um, I don't think... I don't know if day one... Or I don't know if the day two weigh-ins are over at the time of us recording this, but certainly day ones are. At uh, at the Potomac, Ryan Poroznik was in the lead, and do you remember who took the lead over today during weigh-in? Uh, Jarrett Martin. Yeah, and then right? Didn't he have the big bag? Yeah, yeah, he had like twenty pounds, so he's like well in the lead, I think, as of literally this moment of us recording, which is not very useful for po- for folks. <laughs> but uh, then down at Lake Murray, Scott Browning was leading on day one. Uh, Andy Wicker. And he's got like a couple pound lead too, doesn't he? Or no, it's like a pound. Yeah, Andy Wicker is it was in second, who he used to fish the... Uh, he used to fish the pro circuit back in the day. Caught a huge one at Rayburn. Uh, Ross Burns, actually. I did a story with him. I did a tip with him in the magazine about fishing cane piles, like pre... Uh, Atkins winning the cup, like way Dialed. back in the day, before we even knew what a cane pile was. Dial. Uh, and our boy Jack Dice is in tenth. So Jack Dice, man. Anyway, we got some regionals also, going on next week. Stay tuned for more. For uh, Andy Wicker, 
isn't Brandon Cobb a big fan? I believe so, yes. Right? Yeah, 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 okay. That was like Cobb was singing high praises about Andy I, to us. I think, that's how... I think that Cobb may have picked Andy Wicker to win a at the uh, – remember that Lanier tournament we had? Oh, yeah. I don't know if he, like, did or did it, like, as a joke or something, but it was somewhere in there. Yeah, I remember being like, hey, you should keep tabs on this dude. And, I mean, he's a super nice guy as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Kyle, should we sort of kick around some Toyota Series Angle of the Year stuff? Any? Yeah, we definitely should. All right. What What you got for me? Uh, so here's the deal. We've had some of these guys that have won AOI in the Toyota series, uh, on the pod, but, uh, recently you and I put together a piece, all the divisions, uh, I guess maybe I just roll through the divisions and we'll just chime in as needed, like kind of give them a little shout out and then whatever we want to add on top of it. How's that sound? I I think that sounds good. And like a lot of it is not, you know, a lot of it's not really super news. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll just kick it off. Central Division, uh, Jimmy Washam uh, wrapped that up. He obviously he had the win back at Gunnersville uh, to start the Central Division, and then since then has obviously won the title. So pretty good year for Mr. Washam. Moving along, uh, how about that Northern Division this year, Jody? It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good showdown up there, eh? Yeah, it would have been better if, you know, one of the Johnsons fished the whole season. Just saying. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, but Northern Division, Matt Becker, uh, he did it. I mean, he definitely crushed him. He made, he had a eighth place uh, average, I think, um, which is super good. Uh, and really, you know, at, di- at various points, he was in the hunt to win I would say every event other than Champlain Mm -hmm. and Champlain, he would have been in the hunt to win. It's just, you know, Estes was like just so good in that one. Yeah. You know that like he had Becker got a huge bag final day and, you know, blew by a bunch of other people and didn't really matter because it was like, yeah, Steve's just killed everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which, you know, that's sort of what it turned into at the end at, uh, you know, like Ontario slash Messina. <laughs> um, but, you know, day one, he had, you know, he had 23 pounds. He was right in the hunt. And then Potomac, you know, he went all the way to the last day. So, yeah, he had a fantastic year. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, now we get to the plane division, the planes division, uh, which, you know, if you've listened to the podcast before, is very appropriately named. Uh, We're big fans. Because, you know, We think it's planes. ideal, yeah. But uh, Andy Newcomb won uh, AOI there, and Andy Newcomb had just a phenomenal season. Um, I feel like I kind of rant and raved about it in the article a little bit, but dude finished uh, second at Lake of the Ozarks to start the year, then went to Grand Lake, won that one, and then went to Darnell, a fishery he hadn't been to a whole lot, and finished eighth. So he averaged 3.6. Pretty good. Uh Pretty good for uh, for an AOI, and he was super pumped. It's his first year. He's fished all of the Toyota Series, or an entire division, I should say. Uh, for the last couple of years, he's just kind of been jackpotting the Lake of the Ozarks one whenever that came around, usually in the fall. Um, 
So cool to see him uh, rock and roll with confidence. Also, probably honorable mention that Newcomb will be a rookie on the pro circuit next year. So, uh, which will be the case with some of these other guys. But, uh, you know, keep your eyes on Mr. Newcomb. Anything else from Plains Division? No, I'm very excited to watch more Andy Newcomb in uh, 2022. He seems dope. Now, this is kind of the one I wanted to talk about the most in this whole thing, is the Southern Division, because this was insane. Uh, I was there when this all played out, uh, because Lance Olegschlager won Angler of the Year by a tiebreaker, uh, believe it or not. Uh, he beat Josh Weaver, and it came down to Seminole. So Weaver was like super, 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 super excited because Seminole is basically like his home lake or when he grew up fishing. And, uh, yeah, when it came down to it, uh, tiebreaker won. The tiebreaker for Angler of the Year is uh, heavy or total cumulative weight, basically, for the entire three events. Uh, both guys pretty much had like identical seasons except – uh, Oleg Schlager made the top 10 at the Harris chain. Yep. So that and third day of fishing pretty was, good that final day, if I remember correctly. Uh, possibly. It, I Maybe. could be wrong. I think he did, but it might've been day two that he caught him really good. I know he caught him good early, one of the early days, but either way that however many pounds on day three is what set Oleg Schlager, uh, ahead of Weaver and gave him the, uh, AOI Lance was like, he, he, uh, he got a text. There's, uh, I guess maybe we've talked about it on here before, but I guess if you've never fished an MLF event, you get a text from uh, our tournament operations people uh, about like your pairings and all that stuff. And he got a text to congratulate him that he won Angler of the Year, like an automated thing, <laughs> while he was driving home. And he was like, "Well, dang!" <laughs> so uh, that was kind of fun. And uh, Lance, super cool guy. He's been around. Uh, for a long time, kind of got out out of it for a little bit. Now he's dipping back into the Toyota Series. He also will be joining Andy Newcomb as a rookie on the Pro Circuit next year. So you'll probably get to know a little more Lance uh, if you're not familiar with him, but uh, super cool dude and uh, kind of a fun, interesting way to win Angler of the Year. Uh, no doubt. I We were kind of mentioning it a little bit before, but I don't think it's actually all that common for an AOI tie. Um, I'm fairly sure it's happened before, uh, but I can't recall one off the top of my head. Uh, but usually, yeah, we were talking like the Northern Division seems like and you West have those too, really like, tight races. Because well, yeah, a lot of times, yeah. well, if you think about it, you know, logistically, a lot of times it takes three top tens to win AOI, and so if two people do it, they just can't be separated by that many points. You know, there's only mm-hmm. so many combinations of finishing the top ten three times. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, though, speaking of finishing in the top 10, Kyle, let's say someone finished 4th, 18th, and 17th. Would you think they won AOI? Mm, no, I would not. Right, right. I'm with you. Well, in the Southwestern Division, Todd Castledine did, in fact, win AOI. Uh, it was his fourth Toyota Series Angle of the Year title, allowing him to surpass Corey Johnston, who has three. Uh, so, shout out to Todd. For being the first to ever win four Toyota Series Angler of the Year titles, uh, that's radical. Todd's Todd's the man, man. I will say I think that there is a chance that if Corey 
would fish a few more Toyota Series events, maybe he could, you know, not give that title up, get that title back. I'm just saying. But as of now, mm-hmm. Todd's mm-hmm. the man. All hail Todd. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, all hail Todd, man. And like you said, it's. Um, I mean, that's a really good season, but not normally what you would think of for an AOI caliber season. Here's so here's the thing. So he's won it obviously three times before. Um, in 2011, he finished. This was a four tournament season. He finished second, first, seventh, and fourteenth. He made three of the four top tens in 2011. Hmm. 2014, he finished 16th, third, and sixth in a three tournament okay. season. 2017, he finished first. 10th and 20th you know like Whoa. which i guess 20th is still good uh, but anyway like it was like no i was like dude did you expect to win aoi he's like honestly no he's <laughs> like it was it but at the same time he prioritized it uh he was mostly fishing the bassmaster opens this year and he gave up one of his deposits to fish an extra toyota series event so that he would have a shot at winning AOI. And yeah. it paid off, obviously. I feel like that Southwestern division, uh, as a whole, you you get a lot more guys that only fish one. Yeah, uh, yeah, Depending yeah. on the schedule. And maybe that plays into why you can get away with a little more wiggle room in where you finish to get AOI. I mean, obviously the year he won, would you say, 2017? Uh, he finished 20th, but he also won one. Yeah, like two uh, top 10s, one of them being a win. is like That's like two fifth-place finishes and then 20th. Like, that should yeah. get it done. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but I, I think you're right, especially this year. You know, they went to Texoma, which I think for a lot of Texoma, is it was hard on a lot of, like, your yeah. typical South Texas guys. Yeah, that, the fishing in that schedule this year, too, was kind of, like, kind of not weird. great. Yeah, and when you think about it, you know if you if you're an Oklahoma guy or whatever, let's say you did good at the first one. Jeff Reynolds, I think, is a good example of this. Yes, well, it's really tricky to put together two good tournaments on Rayburn if you're not from there, because those mm-hmm. Rayburn locals are so good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it was obviously a, a well earned and not going to be the last angle of the year title. I suspect for. Uh, Mr. Castledine, because dude is yeah, good. What's he? Uh, what's his hopes, dreams? Is he? What's he doing next year? Well, he's not fishing the pro circuit. Um, okay. And I guess you know I don't really know his qualification status status at the moment. You know maybe he could or would still qualify for the elite series, but I suspect you'll see the man fish some more bass opens and some more Toyota series events. I love it because uh, he likes fishing Toyota series events. He likes the championship. He likes the payout. Like. He's, he's in on them, and uh, he always makes money in them, so he should be. <laughs> yeah. Next year, we need Corey to fish Northern Division, Todd to fish Southwestern, or whatever division he wants to fish, and we need to have the tournament days on the exact same day so we can just have live cameras on Corey and Todd. I think and that would be race, great. Uh, race for AOI. Now, this is actually kind of an interesting side note here. Uh, one... I guess in the central division, which is 
it's changed a lot now. It used to be a much different division. Really, the Central Division used to more be the Plains Division. You know what I mean? We've kind of yeah. had some yep. shift. But yep. in 2018 and 2019, uh, Castledine finished 4th uh, and 6th in points there. Mm. Um, so, like, obviously did really well there. Uh, 2019, he finished second in points in the Southwestern Division. That's the only other time he's been in the top 10 in points in the Southwest. Well, 2017, he was seventh. But he's kind of been on the cusp of, like, a couple more Angler of the Year titles. And I'm sure if you look at Corey's stats, that's probably the same. But Yeah, probably. You know, because you don't just win Angler of the Year titles out of blue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... You know, he kind of could be doing, like, wildly impressive things. Like, if he could go get a Central Division or maybe now a Plains Division Angle of the Year title, like, that would be super cool. Because both those guys who have three or more, they've done them all in the same division. You know, Corey's got all yeah. his in the Northern Division, which makes sense. Um, but... I would like some diversity. That'd be fun. You know, I, I would like to see one of those guys add one. Um... You know, like, Ron Nelson makes a lot of top tens in the AOI. And he fishes the Northern Division. He fishes the Southern Division, usually. Or Southeastern. That's what it used to be. Um, you know, he's never won AOI, I don't think, in a, one of those divisions. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. But, like, it's super hard to do it not in your home turf. And yeah. it'd be cool to see one of those guys at it. Because they kind of are the caliber of angler that could do that. Oh, they definitely could, for sure. Yeah, I mean, considering Thrift won, like, the Southeasterns, which, like, you know, one of them is in a state that's called Carolina. <laughs> and, I mean, it just turns out, Brian Thrift, awesome at fishing. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Big, just wild stuff. Sorry, I was just watching a goat fight in alpaca. Oh, dude. It's, I, like, pretty Did chill. I ever show you the video of the kangaroo... Or maybe it was a wallaby. Uh, not a wallaby. Uh, I think it was a kangaroo. Uh, it it had a goat in a headlock. I saw it in Tennessee when I was turkey hunting a couple years ago. Wait, the kangaroo was in Tennessee? Kangaroo. Kangaroo was in Tennessee. It was like in a... a guy had like a pasture of goats. And this kangaroo had this goat in a headlock. And <laughs> we were driving... My buddy and I were driving by on our way to go turkey hunting in the afternoon. And I, like, locked up the brakes, threw it in reverse, sped backwards on those treacherous, super narrow, Tennessee, windy, hill country roads, threw it in park, and the kangaroo was starting to get, like, a little suspicious. Now, again, what's a smaller kangaroo? It may not have been a kangaroo. Maybe it was a baby kangaroo. I think there's different species. The point is, it's something that hops, and (laughs) but it had a goat, like, straight up in a headlock. And uh, when we put it in park, the goat... And the kangaroo thing got a little suspicious and just kind of like slowly separated. And the second we started driving off in the, like in the rear view mirror, you could see the kangaroo like hop back over to the goat, put it back in a headlock. <laughs> I got a video on my phone, Jody. I will, well, I can't send it to you cause it'd be all crappy, but I could probably send it to you. Uh, yeah. I mean, don't text it to me, but there's other ways to get it to me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to, we're, we're making this, I'm multitasking right now. I'm going to try to make this work. It's, I caught the tail end of it on video, but you get the gist of it and you'll be like, dang. Um, speaking of animals, uh, we should, 
uh, do our weekly segment where we check in on Brandon Palinick's Instagram. And uh, there is a, a Costa Rican raccoon there now, which I highly recommend. That's what that was. Yo, its nose is like 10 feet long. It's incredible. Oh, I want this. I had no idea. Uh, so what I did was I read the caption. Um, Aha. And uh, dude, it's like, smart. yeah, it's huge. I just, I think I just gave it a like and hey, was like, hey, look at that thing, and then kept uh, going. But like, <laughs> yo, I want this as a pet. I know you're not supposed to like always have wild animals as pets, but gosh, could you imagine this thing, Snoot? Like, it is, oh, so cute. <laughs> um. Anyway, I I think that we're in pretty good shape. And, oh, we're not done with our AOIs, are we? Oh, yeah, the most recent. <laughs> Whoops, uh, sorry, sorry, folks. Sorry, Philip. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the most recent one you guys have heard from, uh, Western Division, Philip Dutra. Uh, yeah, you kind of got yeah. the spiel last week, but you yeah, crushed it. You got just a bit. Kyle, there's one right. other thing we should mention, and it's that the BFL schedule is actually out now. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously, there's, like, been the uh, kind of incomplete... Uh, I mean, not incomplete. What's the what's the word for that? The tentative schedule? Uh, tentative. Out for a while, kind of floating around. But now the full, real deal Phoenix Bass Fishing League 2022 schedule is out. It's uh, on the website. If you want to get after it and look at it, you can. You can also just literally look at the schedule on the website and look at like 2022 and there it all is. So, you know, if you're trying to fish some derbies, uh, well, we got them. (laughs) (laughs) That we do. And, uh, I guess that's pretty much all I had to say on that front. Well, uh, I guess I should probably sell some things maybe. I'm here for it, man. Bring it home. I'm, I'm still trying to scroll for this kangaroo thing, by the way. That's where multitasking not my strong my strong suit um but few lures have stood the test of time like the original rattle trap by bill lewis and now with the help of major league fishing pro mark daniels jr we're launching the sp57 and mr6 go to rattletrap.com to learn more throat clear getting ready don't blow this kyle are you in need of a great career opportunity that gives you time to fish and spend time with the family Neat Companies is looking for you. Neat needs Class A CDL drivers now. They got competitive pay, 100% paid health insurance, 401k, tuition reimbursement, and more are just some of the benefits. Call Neat now at 833-463-NEAT to get your career started. That's 833-463-NEAT. Love it. I am inspired, hmm. Kyle. Go check it out, Jody. Um... What I'm mostly planning on checking out is some fish uh, soon. Because, um, you know, tis the season. Uh, <laughs> tis, tis the season. As it always is, for some reason. Um, I guess other notes are uh, you can contact us, podcast, at majorleaguefishing.com. will work. Um, Kyle, you're on Instagram. It's Kyle Lumber. I'm there. It's Jody Blanco. Majorleaguefishing.com is a good website. Uh, there's like some tournament coverage going on now, not really any live fishing. We're kind of past that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, that's pretty much where we're at. Seems like, uh, yeah. seems like kind of a good chill fall right now. It seems like. 
nice chill fall, and uh, in no time, you and I will be heading to Tennessee for that Toyota Series championship. So, yeah, well, this I mean, not next week, but the week after, you and I will be in Tennessee watching dudes fish. Yeah, yep. Like it's gonna yeah, be like going two weeks back. from today, we will be off the water at weigh-in for day two. Uh, yeah, and it's gonna be still going on, and it's gonna be starting to get dark. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? That's just yeah. how those fall tournaments are. Such is life. Yep. Yeah, but uh, anyway, it should be a good time, and uh, I suspect you'll have a good weekend. I know I'll have a good weekend, and uh, I guess, you know, bring us home, man. Yeah, folks, you also should have a nice weekend. Get out, go fishing. Maybe go do a little duck hunting. Maybe go chase you a deer or something, but uh, go have fun. And until next time, see you.